Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. So welcome to our second week of this new challenge we can overcome. So this challenge is all about spiritual warfare. And today I just want to get into some great practicalities that you can use any moment of every day to really engage in this battle well. If you missed last week's message, I encourage you to listen to it on the podcast. You will need to hear it to get a good understanding of what we're doing. So I want to start with Ephesians chapter 6, which we looked at last week, and we're going to read a little bit more of it to understand exactly what we are meant to do to engage in this battle. So it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So this passage is telling us that we are in battle. You need to know that you're in battle. If you forget that you're in battle, you'll wonder why things are happening in this world. You have to remember that you're in battle. And in that passage, it gives us a list of armour that we're meant to put on. And I'm not going to go into the armour today. I'm just going to go into one thing that it does tell us to do, and it's to take the sword of the Spirit. Now, anyone who goes into battle, if they want to win, needs a weapon, and they need to know how to use their weapon. And the problem for many of us as followers of Jesus is that we may even know there's a battle, but we are not skilled in using our weapon. So you don't just have a weapon, you actually have to know how to use your weapon incredibly well. And if you don't know how to use your weapon incredibly well, you may lose the battle. So today we're going to learn how to use that weapon incredibly well. There's only one weapon mentioned here. The rest is armour. There's one weapon, and this is the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. I want to tell you three things about the sword of the Spirit today. And I want you to take those three things when you go into the week and use them effectively. And you'll find that this sword always works. You just have to learn how to do it. Just before we get into the three things about the sword of the spirit that we all need to understand, we need to know who we're fighting against. And as I was saying last week, our adversary is the devil who is called the father of lies. And it's important that you understand that before you understand how to use the sword. You need to know who you're fighting. You are fighting the father of lies, the father of lies. That means living under in this world under his power and his influence because as we explained last week, the devil is called the prince of this world and the prince of this world operates with lies. But you need to be aware that there is a father of lies and this, this system of the world that we live under, the way of thinking, is um, under the power of the father of lies. He is our adversary. So Jesus, when he came into the world, said this. There's a story of um, Jesus when he is on trial before Pilate, before Pontius Pilate, and Pilate is questioning him. And he says to Jesus, so you are a king. You can find this in John 18, 37, if you have your Bibles. And Jesus responded, you say I am a king. 
Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And then Pilate is well known then for saying, what is truth? What is truth? Such a pertinent question in this battle. Jesus came into the world to bring truth because he understands. You could hear that and think, why did he do that? It's because he understands that we live under a system of lies and to win the battle, we need to know the truth. In John 17, he said he's praying to the Father before he's crucified and he says this to the Father, sanctify them in the truth. I'm reading this in the Amplified Version because it spells it out a little bit further. Sanctify them in the truth, set them apart for your purposes and make them holy. Your word is truth. So the thing about, the first thing I want to tell you about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is that the word of God is the truth. So when you have two systems, you have two things going on in the world, you have the world of lies and the world of truth. To use this sword of the spirit really, really well, you need to take the word of God as the truth. So for instance, in Philippians 4, when it says, be anxious about nothing, be anxious about nothing, this is the truth. Jesus says in Matthew 6, don't worry about anything. This is the truth. He's bringing this truth in. He's saying, in this world, there are troubles, but I'm bringing the truth in. You don't need to worry if you belong to me. You do not need to worry. Now, that is the truth. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have trouble with worry and sometimes I have trouble with being anxious about something. And if I'm worried and anxious about something, it really means I'm feeling out of control and I don't feel like, God is really caring for me. That is that is the reality of the situation. Sometimes we have to make those sober assessment about ourselves. If you're really, really worried about something, really anxious about something, and Jesus is saying to you, don't worry and don't be anxious. You have a heavenly father who cares for you. You have a God who works all things together for good. He knows when one sparrow falls to the ground. He knows how many hairs are on your head. There is the truth. And then here comes the battle. You're worried about something and worry and anxiety as something that you are predicting within yourself. And then you have the word of God, which says, don't be anxious about anything. And at this point, this is where you grab your sword because you have to decide, you have to decide which way you're going to go. You can meditate on the worry because worry is, you meditate on the fear. Worry is a form of meditation. But you can meditate on the word of God, which is the truth. Jesus said he's come to destroy the works of the evil one and he's coming to bring the truth. The works of the evil one are destroyed by us using the truth of the word of God. And you choose which one to do. The word of God is true. So the worry that comes from the idea of there is that God doesn't care for you and he has a bad plan for you comes from the father of lies. The truth that God cares for you and that he works everything together for good comes from the word of God, which is truth. And for you to pick up the sword of the spirit and use that has to be intentional. You can have a sword lying by your side and hope that somehow by chance you'll win the battle, but you have to pick up the sword and you have to use it to fight the father of lies because the word of God is truth. Therefore, when we take the word of God, we need to learn it. We need to put it into our hearts and minds. We need to learn it off by heart so that you have that sword with you wherever you go. You may have your Bible with you physically. You may have it on your phone. But the very best place to have it is in your head and in your heart so that you can use that truth wherever you go. So that's the first thing about the sword of the Spirit is that it is true. 
The second thing is that it is alive. In Hebrews 4.12, it says this, for the word of God is alive and powerful. There's two words for, from the Greek for the word word. One is the word logos, which means a written word. And the other is the word rima, which means a living word. It's a live word. So your, your Bible is full of living words. I was having a quiet time recently reading my Bible. And as I'm sitting there praying, reading this passage, I had a revelation of an amazing truth in that, that I was able to apply to my life that day. This is what it means when it's living. I've been reading my Bible for a long, long time now. I started re- reading my Bible when I was about 14, and I've been reading it pretty much daily for the rest of my life. And yet when I come to the Word of God and read it again and again, the Holy Spirit speaks to me through it constantly. And gives me new ideas, helps me to see things constantly. It says that the word of God is like a two-edged sword, which means that it cuts right through to the very core of the being, cuts right through to your soul. And the word of God will do that for you. And this made me think a whole lot more about the power of revelation by the Holy Spirit. So I want us to do a little bit of an exercise now to see what this means, that the word of God is living. I'd like you to turn to Psalm 8. You can get out your phone if you have it there, just like I've got here. Psalm 8, I'll give you a moment to get it out. And I'm reading from the NIV UK version. So have it ready because we're going to read it together. And before we read it, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to ask that the Lord will speak to you through this psalm. The the word of God is alive and it's active and it's powerful and it will always speak to you. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that as we read your word now, you'll speak to every one of us that will hear your voice right in this moment because you are present. You are present and you love us and you long to speak to us through your word and you long to speak to us in a way that cuts to the very core of our being. So I pray that you'll do that right now, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Right, I'm going to read the psalm. You can follow along. I'd like you to listen to what God is saying to you and see what stands out to you. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now I'm going to read it again. Just keep reflecting on this psalm. See what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? 
You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honour. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds, and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. When I read that, there's something that stands out to me that speaks right into my situation at the moment in my life. It talks about the praises of children and infants establishing a stronghold against my enemies. The praises of children and infants. You know what that says to me is that we don't even have to be sophisticated, highly educated to be able to praise God and and put the enemy at bay. You don't have to. You can just be a very simple person who puts their faith and trust in Jesus. That speaks to me at the moment because there's situations that I need to cast off care and worry and I need to just start praising God because he loves me and he's with me. But what was it for you? What I'd like to do now is to pause for a moment and you turn to someone in the room and tell them what stood out to you and how that spoke to you today. If you're by yourself, I'd encourage you to write down what stood out to you. So I'm going to give you a few minutes now while you share with someone else. How did you go? Most likely you discovered that if there was more than one person in the room, there was more than one response to that psalm because God is totally interested in you, in you, your situation at the moment. He's giving you this sword so that you can take it and put it into practice. What I love about uh, the story of David and Goliath is that David was a, a shepherd boy. He was isolated from people. He was out on the hills and it was him and God and he spent 
so much time just worshipping God and meditating on the word of God so that when he came in to fight Goliath, it wasn't that he was trained physically as a soldier that enabled him to win the battle. It was that he was trained very much in the word of God and the truth of the word of God. And what he came in with to fight Goliath was truth about who God is. It wasn't truth about himself and his own strength and his own expertise. It was truth about who God is. It was that very truth about who God is that enabled him to take some stones and a slingshot and knock Goliath down and then have the courage to go and chop off his head. And he was only a boy. Behind him was an army of trained soldiers. Behind Goliath was another army of trained soldiers. But this one boy who was skilled in the power of the word of God was able to go and defeat the enemy and win the battle by himself that day. And that's because he had plenty of time out on the hillside all by himself, just him and the sheep, but the majesty and the power of God. And he had the word planted firmly in his head and in his heart. I love reading the story of St. Patrick. He was a, a boy or a teenager about the same age as King David, actually, when he was taken from England as a by slave traders taken to Ireland. This is back in the fourth uh, century. And he had been raised by a Christian mother, but he'd thrown his faith aside. But he too was put as a as shepherd boy in Ireland. And at night, under the stars, it was him and the stars, and it reignited his relationship with God. He remembered the words of scripture his mother had taught him. And sitting on those hills in the dark of night, under the moon and the stars, he recommitted his life to Jesus. He grew in faith in Jesus. He eventually left Ireland, went and studied theology and came back and brought Christianity to that entire nation. In fact, the gospel spread faster around that nation than any other nation in history. And both in both situations, it started with someone who took the time out to meditate on the word of God. So the word of God is alive. And if you want to use this sword well, you need to take time out. Just saying I didn't have time for a quiet time or I didn't have time to get in the Word of God, or I'm not really good at reading the Bible, or I don't really know how to read the Bible, is, is really not a good enough excuse if you want to use this sword well. It's like having a sword beside you that will defeat everything that you are coming up against, but you keep coming up with excuses as to why you're not going to learn how to use it. So you're not reading the Word of God to make God love you more. You are reading the Word of God to equip yourself, to know how to take the sword, to put the Word of God into your heart and your mind, and then you will be ready for any moment of the day where you need to take that word and you need to take that sword and you need to put it into action. So the first thing about the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that it's true. The second thing is that it is alive. And the final thing I want to talk about today is that it is powerful. When you speak it out, it is powerful. That's why I love it and I'm missing it at the moment, but very soon we'll have it again when we gather together as fellow believers, and we declare the truth of the word of God in praise and worship. It is powerful. It speaks to you and it speaks to all the people around you when we gather together in praise and worship. And Jesus modeled the power of the word when he was in the wilderness being tempted by the enemy. So as soon as Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, it says that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. God took him into the, into the wilderness where he was tempted by the Spirit. It was a key part of training in, use, in using the Word of God. And so the devil comes to him to tempt him. And Jesus responds like this to him three times. It is written. It is written. The devil comes with a temptation that says, if you are the Son of God. If you are the Son of God. So what the devil comes to do is to 
to create a doubt in someone's mind. That's what he'll do with you. He'll say to you things like, if God really loves you, um, if you are really a child of God, and, and doubts start to come into your mind about the truth of God's love, God's power, God's faithfulness for you. That's how the enemy will lie to you. Sometimes the lie won't be blatant. It will be very subtle. In fact, more often than not, it will be subtle because that's how we are more easily deceived. And he came to Jesus and he said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. This is in Matthew chapter 4. And Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Three times this happened, and three times Jesus declared this, it is written. And if you want to take the sword of the Spirit and win, you need to have the word of God planted firmly in your heart and to know that it is powerful. Sometimes you'll be speaking it to yourself. Sometimes you'll be speaking it to the situations around you. David, King David in the Psalms very often says, my soul, why are you so downcast? My soul, you will praise the Lord because he cares for you. So even to yourself, when you see your soul getting downcast and you see your soul getting worried and concerned, you take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and you speak to your soul and you say, soul, why are you downcast? There's a God who loves you. You will praise the Lord. Whether you feel like it or not, soul, you will praise the Lord. If Jesus came and took the word of God himself, and spoke it against the enemy and saw victory in every circumstance, then you and I are well able to do that as well. So my encouragement to you today is this, to take the Bible and to read it as a book that is alive, that every time you open it up, God wants to speak to you. God wants you to win. He's come He's through Jesus. He's beaten the power of sin and death, and he's given you this sword, this sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. And you and I are to take it because you and I are called to live in victory personally. We're called to live in victory in the relationships we have with our families, with our friends. We're called to open the Bible and hear what God is telling us to do, to obey him, to follow his instructions because we trust him. Sometimes when we obey him, it's hard, but we do it because we know that the word of God is true. We follow God in obedience because we know that that will lead to a victorious ending. It says in Romans 8 that in Jesus we are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So we're going to take the word of God. We're going to put it into practice and we're going to see the power of God and the glory of God emerge in our lives personally, in our homes, in our families, in our workplaces in our region and beyond. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word, this incredible sword that you've given us. Pray, Lord, for those of us today who find it hard to be disciplined in really getting into the word. Father, I pray that you will teach us how to long for your word, to hunger for your word and to discipline ourselves to understand that we need the power of your word every single day. Father, may your word be embedded in our hearts and our minds. May nothing overcome us but the power of your love. I pray, Lord, today for situations that we are facing in life. May the truth of your word fill our hearts and our minds so that any lie that the enemy would speak to us would be demolished by the power of your word. I pray for every home that this message is being broadcast to May the power of your word fill that home so that every home would be filled with the joy and the peace of your presence. 
I pray for every workplace that we enter into, that we would take the truth of your word into that workplace. I pray for us to have the courage to be obedient to your word. Even when it doesn't quite make sense, may we be obedient as we trust in your love. Father, as we speak your word, may we see healing, may we see wholeness, may we see life, may we see flourishing in everything that we do. In Jesus' name, amen. 